1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: Welcome back to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I am your host, Misha Globerman. Uh, as you probably know by now, Trampoline Hall is a lecture series. It's a lecture series that takes place in a bar, uh, usually in Toronto, but sometimes in other cities. People give lectures on all kinds of topics uh, with the one restriction being that they cannot speak on subjects on which they are professionally expert. It cannot be their job to know the thing. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. Here on the Trampoline Hall podcast, what we do is we go back through the deep archives of the uh, barroom Lecture Series, and each in each episode, we choose a lecture uh, to podcast to you along with a QA. and a All the lectures this season are chosen by Emily Keeler, uh, and this is what she's chosen uh, this episode for you. By the way, I should say, if you uh, like the podcast and you find yourself in Toronto, uh, you should come check out the live show. Go to the Trampling Hall website. We've got an email list. You can sign up and find out when the shows are. We would love to see you. But for now, now is the time for the podcast. Uh, I should tell you now, this may contain mature language. Uh, Let's go on to this episode's lecture. The topic is converting to Judaism, and the lecturer is Kate (laughs) McGee.
0: I came here today because I need your help. I've made a really big life decision recently, and I'm nervous about the questions that people might ask, Um, and so I thought, what better way to sort of acclimate myself than to come and tell a really personal thing in front of a bunch of strangers and then expose myself to your questions, which I will answer into this microphone. (laughs) So this is a story about Uh, How I went from being a Jesuit-trained, multi-faith hospital chaplain with a Master of Divinity, um, or Divinatrix, if you would prefer, Um, uh, and I'm to starting over again in the beginning. So I'm converting to Judaism, as you learned on your ticket, um, which means I'm currently in Judaism kindergarten. Uh, I learned the Hebrew alphabet over Skype from my little nieces, um, and they laughed at me. So (laughs) I'm really in uncharted territory to a certain extent. Um, I would also like to say, just as a disclaimer right out of the gate, that it's going to become apparent that I am married to a Jewish man. um, And he would probably like you to know, as he told me to please tell my dad, that it's not his fault. (laughs) Uh, he never even hinted that he would like me to convert, so it's all, it's all on me. So I'll tell you about the moment of uh, decision. It was shortly after our, our first anniversary. So I had left Catholicism uh, around the time that we got married, and we had this beautiful year of exploration. Uh, my husband is a meditation teacher, and I'm a hospital chaplain. We do lots of wacky spiritual things around our house. Um, But I kept coming back to this wanting more Jewish tradition um, in our lives. It was something, you know, as I was coming home from some pretty intense things at work, uh, Shabbat dinner was something that was an anchor for me spiritually. And I was kind of itching to try like Shabbat, not just the dinner, but like the resting. Um, And I was always working (laughs) on Saturdays. So I was like, I was keen, you know, religiously keen. So finally, uh, one of my Anglican colleagues went to Israel, and I got a chance to really try it. So we're, we're doing this. We had our Shabbat dinner. Um, we lit the candles, and we said the blessings, and uh, we turned off our, our phones for 24 hours on all of our devices. And then within half an hour, we were both crying. Um, and it's not because we missed our phones, <laughs> um, <laughs> but because something... Uh, something different, something with different was happening um, for both of us. And so we sort of sat there and, and took stock of that. Um, and it was something, you know, like we were trying lots of things, but it was something that we were able to access through this, you know, these millennia-old traditions and rituals that we weren't getting in the rest of our totally spiritually adventurous lives. So that that says something. Um, and so because this was feeling so different, I just sort of found myself saying, um, you know, like I, I've said before that I know, I, I want Jewish traditions for our family. And I know that I can participate in all of that without, without being Jewish, um, but what if I want it for, for me? Like, what if I don't want to be an observer? What if I want to be Jewish? Um, and I think uh, my husband was stunned like really surprised <laughs> he thought you know I was pretty Catholic even after I left Catholicism so and I was surprised at myself um, I I spent my life hiding a lot of things and I could have kept this desire mostly hidden um, I've actually had a lot of opportunities since making this decision to wish that I hadn't I've there's been tremendous personal and uh, professional cost to this decision that I didn't really anticipate, um, but it has uh, showed me how much I want it. So I'd like to give you an idea of what I was up against, because I think it'll sort of make things a little clearer. Um, so I was raised as an Irish Catholic in the 1950s. Um, I was born in 1979. So <laughs> I was like, ah, qu- quite a feat. I don't know. Um, so I'm the eldest of six kids, and uh, for vacations we would go to places like Nebraska for a natural family planning conference. <laughs> that's true, um, and I, I I tried really hard all the time to be a really good Catholic girl because I'm you know the eldest, so that's really my job. Um, and I had things like my favorite, favorite book, Modern Saints that had the pictures of all the saints. And I would study it so hard all the time, like from six or seven, to like try and find the tricks of being a mystic. Like, how do I get this stigmata thing? Because that would be cool in grade two. So, so And I, in, in fact, I even made it my life goal to become a saint or a lawyer. <laughs> Uh, so then, adolescence hit, and I knew I was doomed. And uh, you, some of you in the audience who lectured first may be familiar with some of these themes. Um, I was there was not enough confession in the world for a weird, queer, enthusiastically riot girlified person like me. Um, so I like, uh, and I never got the concept of modesty. As this <laughs> may be apparent, I. Uh, <laughs> I lied a lot. I lied a lot. I had to lie a lot so that people, like my parents, would like me. And um, I got really good at it. I got excellent at lying, and I also managed to not really let it cramp my style. Um, I got to be satisfyingly unruly. Um, But my my baby mystic self, and shout out to whoever it was who used the word mystic for the first time this evening... (laughs) Um, my my baby mystic self kept kept up growing too, sort of tangled up with all the unruliness um, and I, I still really wanted to feel like I belonged in Catholicism because I never stopped being super into God and devotion. Um, I, I almost never felt worthy of taking communion, which is a big deal for an enthusiastically Catholic girl. Um, but I spent a lot of time um, praying in front of the tabernacle, which is where the consecrated host is housed um, in adoration. And that was kind of my core spiritual practice. So it's a prayer of longing, really, never consummation. Um, So in time, after working out some of my unruliness um, in bands and in bra stores, I went to divinity school. Seminary, if you will. Uh, So in there, there's a bunch of uh, really wonderful Jesuits. And I got the Master of Divinity. And my classmates were all ordained. uh, But I was not because a lady, um, and there you go. Uh, I still, uh, to this day, I preach uh, in a weekly service for the Christians in the hospital. Catholics totally disinterested in seeing me because I'm still not a priest and still a lady. Um, so you can see my problem. I loved the mystical side of my religion, um, but the ordinary side let me down again and again, like a bad boyfriend. So you can imagine that there are a lot of people in my life who are very surprised that I was harboring a secret other religion boyfriend all along. So where did the conversion decision even come from? Um, It's not just that I'm a really bitter feminist who finally gave up, although that's totally true. Um, Once I said I wanted to convert out loud, I began to admit I had a lot of long buried desires as my friend John Krasinski said, I was always Jew-curious. There's a surprising amount of Judaica in my closet. As I looked back, I could see how persistent my longing for a Jewish life had been. As a kid, we would have these Christian Passover Seders, uh, which I've since learned Jews are pretty much n- not very cool with um, <laughs> with another family. Um, and those are some of my, ritua- like my richest ritual memories of childhood. Um, I really loved all those special moments, like reflecting on bitterness and tears of enslavement by dipping parsley into salt water. Like That was magical to me. Um, And even in divinity school, for every Christian concept, uh, from grace to the Trinity, which I never really grasped either, um, I would dig deep into the Hebrew scriptural roots of each concept. I prayed to a god of chesed va'emet, loving kindness and faithfulness, because that was the god I knew best. I kept trying to Jewify my Catholic life, longing for more home-based rituals. And I really came to admire the way that practices like Shabbat or the grief rituals seemed designed to make this life better. There was one family in particular who had me over for Shabbat dinner many many times over the years, and I experienced a welcome there that I just wasn't getting at church. When I was single, I longed for a marriage that was uh, a tent open on all sides like theirs. Um, It's no coincidence that although I wasn't yet planning to convert when I got married, I chose to be married under a chuppah, which symbolizes that that kind of welcome. Um, If that all sounds like really grass is greener to you, um, I think my rabbi would agree with you. Um, When we met for our first interview and I shared this thing about the like I never felt welcome in Catholicism, I was always an outsider and I was welcomed by this family. And he stopped me. Um, he said, I just want you to know that not all of Judaism is like that. And not everyone is like the friends that you describe. Um, I do know that. I am pretty keenly aware that had I been raised in an equally traditional and equally traditional Jewish family, I, I would be just as bummed by patriarchal religion and heading in the opposite direction, I think. Um, but I started as an outsider, so I got to pick an, egal- an egalitarian congregation, and I feel right at home there. That kind of shift, I recognize, is not as easy from coming from within a tradition. I certainly could not do that from within Catholicism or even obviously within Christianity. So I feel like I've spent my fair share of time wandering in deserts, yelling, are we there yet? It could well be that I've found my welcome precisely because I left the nest and had to go looking. Maybe this starting over thing, going back to kindergarten, learning the alphabet, is exactly what suits my sojourner soul. I do feel like I'm coming home. So why did it take me so long to get here? Uh, As you can imagine, there are a couple of things holding me back. Uh, One was that I didn't want to break my parents' hearts. I now realize that uh, that was going to be hard to avoid given how much I lied to them all along. Um, The second was that I, Kate McGee, did not think I would make a very convincing Jew. Um, (laughs) I was really well aware that this was a culture, not just a religion or a faith. Um, So even though my husband never hinted that he wanted me to convert, I think being part of his family did make it easier for me to ask to sign up. So now that I've declared my intention, uh, everyone and my doctor has been very excited to enculturate me. There's this time when Abby's family left me alone in the kitchen with the m- meatballs, and I put the not kosher for Passover ketchup in the meatballs, but I totally redeemed myself with my amazing confession skills. <laughs> because Catholicism is useful for something. Um, and, and people have always been, they, I, for the most part, pretty excited that I, that I want to learn. Um, so I've learned things like if you um, make really excellent kugels for Rosh Hashanah and people call you a, a real balabasta, it doesn't mean ball buster. <laughs> That's good. It's very fascinating. So I now realize that I had many come-to-Moses moments. Um, <laughs> the first time, it's true... The first time I went to a service in a synagogue, I should have known. Uh, During the Amida, there's a long, silent prayer. I didn't know what was going on. I felt pretty awkward. Um, Avi was my boyfriend at the time and sitting in the men's section, so I was really not – I was a fish out of water. Um, I closed my eyes during this prayer, and I just started to feel this uh, soft, honey-colored light pouring over me, and then I was in this perfect water of the perfect temperature, like I was a baby um, being held in the hands of God. Um, And I realized that even though I was feeling um, so awkward and out of place, I was given this gift of being at home where I stood. So I should (laughs) have known. I should have known then. Uh, because I was able t- to realize this powerful pull of the God who I'd known all along, this God of chesed va'emet, loving kindness and faithfulness. I recognized that God. Um, probably like 2% of you believe in God, so uh, here's the thing <laughs> about <laughs> conversion. Um, and I don't think it's just for religious or spiritual people. Um, conversion, th- the word conversion in its Latin roots, refers to turning. Uh, turning is a choice uh, as well as a response when we're talking about conversion um conversion is happening whenever we choose to move towards the thing that we feel drawn to toward what's uh, meaningful or invigorating or significant we turn away from our poor choices from our lesser selves we turn toward the selves that we really want to become And lately I also think of the Jewish concept of teshuva. It also means turning but it's associated with return, returning to wholeness, reconciliation uh, but also arriving at a whole new place. That's what I feel happened to me. I chose as a little girl to keep turning towards God and I was brought to a whole new place. Whether it's God you're turning towards or some other greater good that's calling your name I'd say it's worth the risk. I chose conversion because it was a way that I could be most myself and more at home in this life. So um, no matter what challenges come with it, that's a pretty irresistible thing. Thank you.
2: Thank you. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Are there any questions? Yes, over there, yeah. You like
1: mysticism and the divinity, yeah. why, not,
2: why uh, not Kabbalah? Why not Kabbalah, Why not like mysticism and divinity and, and Jews?
0: There's a, a Chesed and Emmet are in Kabbalah, too. Yeah, they're two of the wrote, are they not? Back me up, somebody? Yeah, yeah they are. Yes. Um, yeah, there's, there's some Kabbalah going on in our house, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So, okay, yes. Yes is the answer.
0: Yeah, over there. Yeah, in the corner. Yeah. I said, uh, have you read the work of uh,
2: Martin Buber? Have you read Mer- you Martin Buber is the question? The Jewish existentialist. You know? the, the Jewish existentialist. That I and th- Thou.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a long time ago, but uh, that book was at our wedding. So, you know, there's a picture of him with our shoes. Why
2: <laughs> 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 Why do you, why do you, Why do you ask specifically about...
0: Sounds like yeah you'd like. it's along those lines. well uh, that sort of in- un- ju- I think
1: a very unmediated uh, inter- the interpretation of duty an unmediated relationship the
0: individual god uh-huh. yeah i i guess i've s- i've found space for the unmediated relationship amidst a whole bunch of ritual which is just how i like it yeah. so
2: it's so, un- <laughs> <laughs> so it's so unmediated you don't even have to read a book about
0: it I, or I, I don't have to read it again Recently. <laughs> I haven't read it recently. Okay, all right. <laughs> but yeah, that the I and thou relationship, that sort of the, the love relationship, right? That's like pretty crucial, I'd say. Right. Okay, so yes, yeah. Have
2: you had any
0: dialogues
2: with other converts? And if so, what have Have you so talked with other converts and what's that been like if you haven't?
0: Other converts? No, not. No, children of converts.
2: Children uh, of converts. So when you convert, you don't do it.
0: You don't get like yeah. You're not
2: like in a so when you described as being like kindergarten, it's not actually a kindergarten with a bunch of other.
0: Oh no, you know what? Like there are there are converts, but I guess they're just sort of like they've they converted so long ago that they're they're super excited for me. Yeah, yeah. when people choose something in adulthood, I think there's uh, extra passion and verve. I was always kind of nervous around converts because of that. Because <laughs> they're like more enthusiastic. They're just like a bit mu- a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Do you uh, do
2: you feel like you're a bit much now? I always feel that way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. So I might as well go with it. <laughs> cool. Uh, whoops. Uh, yes. Yes. you
2: Um. Do you get a sense that it's the same God that you're praying to when you're Catholic as
0: now?
2: Does it feel like the same God?
0: Yes, but I'm I'm going to get specific on that. I I realized actually midway through the divinity school that I was really not. Engaging with the, the Jesus thing so much. Yeah. I was really engaging with more of the, um, the words and qualities of God that were constant from um, Hebrew scripture into the New Testament. And so, a concept of um, s- God is spirit, or a generative force, and all of that, like the loving kindness, faithfulness stuff. So, I was praying to one God, and Jesus was a, like, there was one place where I met Jesus and and that's Gethsemane and, but other than that i yeah, there was something relatable for like a brief moment about Jesus, and then mostly my spirituality has been more one god focused anyway yeah
2: all right so 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 that was never so it was never so it wasn't like a huge so I that wasn't a huge loss the yeah. the, the like uh, the jesus the jesus part
0: like one of my mentors a long time ago was uh she was a co- convert to Catholicism, and she nearly converted to Judaism first. But her boyfriend at the time gave her uh, a copy of the Chronicles of Narnia. And she read, and she was like, oh, can't leave Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and I think he knew that she would have that reaction. So they're not together anymore. It's uh, a long time ago. Uh yeah over
2: there yes yeah. um, so have you been able to keep your job as a sort of non-denominational hospital chaplain or do you have to look at the job board no. Can Sorry. you keep <laughs> your job as a non-denominational hospital chaplain?
0: I can and I have, um, but yes. I, so I'm a non-den. It doesn't. I'm not even serving just Catholics anyway. So in that sense, it's it's not really much of a tradition transition. I do every week um, lead uh, an ecumenical Christian service, and I. I preach at that service and I haven't come out to my volunteers in that community yet that I'm not going to I'm not Christian anymore. So that'll be exciting. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of services based on the Psalms and no one notices.
2: <laughs> did it just seem like did it just seem to you like a safe bet that there would be no overlap between this audience and that audience?
0: Yes. <laughs> Don't prove me wrong. All right. <laughs> any,
2: any, 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 any objectors? All right, yes, you, yeah. Do you believe um, there could be like a religion buffet? Like you can <laughs> take <laughs> something from Catholicism <laughs>
0: that you can take it with you so that you'll keep it
2: being a genius? I want to take just repeat that. Th- the second part of the question is, are there things you still want to take yeah. from Catholicism? The first part that I feel needs to be repeated is, do you think there's like a religion buffet or something?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> that like are you allowed to do that? Is that okay? Cuz cuz you want cuz you asked cuz you would like to do that. Yeah. But you don't know if you that might I've, have to order from the menu.
0: Validation <laughs> okay. coming right up. Um yeah, I like so I my my whole marriage still is a lot about religion buffet. Like there's a lot of like uh, Durga when I need a Hindu goddess that's really going to help me get through a tough situation or like um, um even in my intervening year, where I was religion, a religious person without a religion, um, I kept thinking, about, I should write something about like my Catholic suitcase, like all the things that I'm taking that I can, you, they can't make me leave them there because they're my, they're rightfully mine. So I just actually had a little publication in a Catholic, um, like a scriptural reflections for Advent, and a lot about Mary, and there's a lot about Mary that really still moves me. So um, don't tell my rabbi. <laughs> So just like
2: at a buffet <laughs> you can take stuff put it in your suitcase and leave with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I'm here, yeah. So okay, so we got the religious buffet. Okay. So what about like the agnostic drive? What about the agnostic drive-through? Is there It's and, and the question is what is that part of Kate's life or just like I
0: validate this. <laughs>
2: Have you ever considered the, the agnostic, agnostic drive-through? What or just, or just, just, becoming so just becoming. go, just staying there.
0: I will say that faith for me is a pendulation between sort of doubt and hope. It's never certainty. So uh, agnosticism is always on the menu, for sure. In the in that, if I have a, a car of my spiritual j- journey. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah like I, that that's a, if if i'm not engaging with agnosticism and questioning and live uh, f- and i've had lots of experience of like feeling a, a, a an absence of god right that's part of a mystical thing too right so yeah yes validate so there you go. validate
2: so you t- you too. all right ah <laughs> uh, yes over here yes yeah oh, uh, what are you looking forward to See, what's not social-
0: what it's are you looking right. forward oh, whoa, whoa. to? It's
2: whoa. a two-part question. I will take the easy one first. definitely like two very different what parts. The, what, what, yeah, so first of all, what's wrong with ketchup? What's the unkosher ketchup? That's so
0: it was not kosher for Passover. It's very ah, specific. Okay, yeah. It had... And so at Passover, you can't have leaven, which yeah. has is expanded to include like a categories of like seven different types of grains. But if you're a Jew from Eastern Europe, an Ashkenazi Jew, there are extra categories because they might... One explanation is they might have been in containers with the forbidden grains. So it had corn syrup in it and it hadn't been papered over yet. And I just followed the recipe with no guidance from any of the Jews in the house who could have really done me a favor there. And there you go. Kitney, ketchup was
2: So there could have been some corn there could have been some corn syrup which might have touched some grain and then.
0: Yeah, I own- I owned up to it. All right. So cool. And then, and, then and, then then the
2: and then the other, qu- and then the other question. And we'll just allow both. Which is which, <laughs> is, which is, which is, what are you most looking forward to about being Jewish? Awesome question.
0: Um, I think, well, it can't be something that I'm already experiencing. I guess, like, I'm really already experiencing a Sort of a transformation of time with having the um, periodic the rest from Shabbat. It makes it's making a big a big difference. Um, so I think maybe the thing that I'm really looking forward to, I read about in a ritual course in my undergrad, and it's a mikveh. When I, after I sit in front of the rabbinical court at the end of my 10-month course, and I answer a bunch of questions, I get to go in a, a mikvah as, as part of the conversion ritual, and I always thought that was, it represents the waters of the Garden of Eden. I thought that was a beautiful thing.
2: So that's a very specific answer to answer your question? You look very satisfied with that answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You. Do
0: you aspire to go as deep into Judaism as you did with Do you aspire to
2: go as deep into Judaism as you did with Catholicism? Like, why not? <laughs> what right? made you think the answer might be no? Like, you've been uh, you've been looking at her for a while. <laughs> you think she was like, yeah, I'm going to be kind of half-assed about this. <laughs> is, that the, is that the impression of Kate that you had? <laughs>
0: yeah. It was like, just You were like, just, I'm <laughs> just here for the Sabbath. I, I p- yeah, just so yeah, I there, could the relax. The other six days
2: can go to hell. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't good at relaxing. Be, you're, so be, you're
2: obviously going to be a pretty...
0: Well, I mean, this is a religion that would actually ordain me. Who knows? Who knows? I uh, guess in the back, yeah. So I'm
1: curious, yeah. you talked about your identity.
0: With
2: so. saints, oh with the saints. Yeah, how did so she's like do you do you met don't you miss do you miss the saints? Is that your question? Is your question do you miss the saints?
0: All right. Do so you miss the saints? So saints are they still there, or
2: are they're, they're still there for they're you?
0: They're they cooped up in that suitcase, yeah. For sure. The saints uh, the, the thing that I've sort of drawn out of the saint thing is that every time you read a story of a life of a saint, they're reading the lives of the saints. And I think it's about modeling or about twinning right like what does a better life look like for me and i don't think that's just the domain of catholicism i think that there are spiritual models um for how to human or how to mystic um in all traditions i'm i guess pretty much a universalist in that way so definitely my my saints are portable and i have a book you know we have a bookshelf of all sorts of different mystical writers, not not limited to one tradition, so. But do, you, do you think the saints in your suitcase would <laughs> baggage like, in terms of being like
1: Jewishly connected? But well,
2: this is a question, sorry, I, I just missed you, do think the saints?
0: Are the saints just baggage now? Are they baggage?
2: Just some Jews baggage. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what she said at all, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, what do you mean? You mean like are, they, is there, is there, are you worried that there's like a decrease in their importance or something? No, 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 no. I just mean like <laughs> I imagine that they, you know, they like take up space in your conception of yourself and your conception of yourself. Oh. So they're still as much a part of your sense of your own psyche, you mean?
0: No, there's lots of room in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean... I, I can't say that I'm bringing up St. Ignatius explicitly every time I'm talking to my rabbi or whatever, but I think he'd be, he'd dig it. Like, there's, th- I would say, they do come out of my suitcase. I, I also, I work in spiritual care, right? So when I'm working with someone and and talking about, like, a, a really fail-safe method for examining your inner life or whatever, I talk about the Ignatian examine because... That's a way of doing humanity that is spectacularly, psychologically <laughs> effective. Um, so I don't keep them in the suitcase, and I can translate to people from other traditions. That's my job. Is there anything you, you know. do miss? Do I, do I miss? Is
2: yeah, there anything you miss about being, cr- about being Christian or Catholic?
0: Christmas, no. I'm, I'm not, not sure super Christmas. not into Christmas, weirdly. Um, yeah, well, uh, Eucharistic adoration. That was my, that was my go-to
2: well I don't even know what that is you yeah, I
0: mentioned it in the talk it's so okay, so you know the communion host yeah. right, and that like Catholics believe that that's like the real presence the of, of God yeah, right. and so then like when it's not busy, it's living in a little house that's golden and beautiful um and so one kind of prayer that was developed, I think a lot out of um people feeling like they weren't worthy of approaching to receive the Eucharist, like there was something on their conscience and they hadn't been to confession, so they would just not go, which was me for most of my adult life. Um, One way of feeling that closeness or being like the nearly tasting, it's a a prayer of longing where you you kneel in front of the tabernacle and you offer adoration. I would try to also receive love. It's a good practice. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so you missed that.
0: I miss that, yeah, but yeah, I do that kind of prayer without a golden box, so I, I'm still, it's, you know, it's, it, there's something special and magical about being in a church where that's sort of, people have the sense that that's the, the real thing, the real presence, Yeah. so I can that? still do, do that, part of it? yeah, the genuflection, but yeah. I feel also in my, in my work in the hospital, like when I'm approaching the bedside of a, a dying person, that's mm-hmm. my genuflection,
2: Right, so you find that in other places? Yeah. And, and you end up not missing the, the specificity of the...
0: No, because I got this whole exciting new specificity that's so great. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Okay, cool, <laughs> all right. Anything
2: else? Uh, da, oh, over there, yes, yeah, sure. How does
1: it you get asked to have an opinion about Israel
2: and the occupation? Uh, now that you're the Jewish, theme. what do you think about the occupation? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we haven't had that class yet.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, no, it's it's interesting to, to sort of be around conversations ab- about Israel because I haven't had to answer that question the way that a person who grew up Jewish in North America would have, and so um, th- like there's a lot of knowledge that I just lack, um, and so I listen. I'm listening. Yeah.
2: Cool. All right. Does that? Sure. <laughs> does that? Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, it's back there. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm wondering if you can say a little bit more about your relationship to cultural Judaism. And you said you're kind of apprehensive that you may not pass <laughs> culturally as Jewish. And we'll like, pass. do you feel culturally Jewish, or do you expect to, or like, how does that? So, take? how
2: do you feel about cultural Judaism? Your sense that like you're not uh, convincing not Jew, convincing. I think, was here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think uh, yeah, I, s- I mentioned in the lecture the. The, my my in-laws my that having a family to celebrate holidays with and having a, a husband and a, a home where that I d- I'm not having to sort of invent it on my own I think it would have been hard for me to to try and do as a as a single person without a family to help me I have wonderful friends who would have been uh, people are super enthusiastic about passing on like all of these yiddishisms and whatever um, uh, I don't know if I, I mean I'm will i ever not be named kate mcgee you know like that's a different experience when people meet a kate mcgee so uh there are things that probably won't change or that will take a really long time and right now i'm just trying to savor all the deliciousness
2: (laughs) i have to say you're not you're not an entirely unconvincing Jew either. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like when you say that I was like, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds Jewish to that's me. That's not the least Jewish looking not the least <laughs> Jewish person I've ever seen, you know. I've, I've 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 known some Jews in my time and I, I, I I'm, I'm sorry. All right. All right. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> I've 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 been to actual Jewish kindergarten, you know. I was like, there I you know, go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, do you have anything specific you can want to say to someone? What would you say to someone? There's a man out here who converted out of Judaism, presumably making to make making room for you. Um, would you yeah. have? <laughs> would you have anything in specific you would want to say to that to that person?
0: Um, I I would want to say something to acknowledge the camaraderie of fellow travelers. I think, if as I said, if I had been born Jewish, I might have been just as itchy to go somewhere else. Um, it's about. I think maybe it's about a type of seeker or a type of seeking. Um, So probably I'd give you a hug, but I'd do that anyway.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll wrap it up there. Ladies and gentlemen, Kate McGee. (laughs) Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Carl Wilson podcast is produced by josh block our theme music was composed by matt smith kate bars is our coordinating producer you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can also find us on twitter and facebook if you enjoyed the podcast uh, why not leave a review on itunes it really helps us a lot i'm misha globerman thanks for listening